You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Hey, everybody. Uh, Sorry again for the late upload this week. I've been, as you can probably hear, a little bit under the weather, so my voice isn't necessarily 100% in this episode, so apologies in advance for all that. Um, So I'm going to keep the intro pretty short this week. If you're looking for ways to support the podcast, why not go to fredsbs.com. If you're looking for delicious holiday treats, if you'd like to place an order, go ahead and email Fred at the email in the description below. Get yourself some holiday treats. And if you're looking for other ways to support us, head on over to the podcastjukeboxnetwork.com and get yourself some No Love Lost merchandise. There you can get Crazy About Kurt t-shirts and No Love Lost t-shirts. It's a good time. So, again, thank you to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you. Thank you to everybody who interacts with us on Twitter. You guys are the absolute best. Thank you guys so, so much. Um, Enjoy the episode. Now, Michelle, if you would be so kind. Let's go to the island. I would like to see the polar bears. There was a crash. And there are others, and there are numbers, and it all means something, supposed to anybody even know? There are times we hang our heads in sadness, we know there's no love lost. We had to go back. Well, if this episode is any indication... We can't ever leave, man. We can never leave. Welcome back. No! (laughs) To No Love Lost, the podcast where we intricately break down all the minutiae of the hit ABC television series, Lost. I am your host, Will Link, and with me as always... Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we are here to break down Season 2, Episode 19, SOS. Now, this is one of those episodes where, you know, there are a couple different Lost podcasts out there, or television podcasts in general that um, happen to include Lost in their discussions, and they're not going through it in a linear way like we are. At least I don't. I can't think of any that are going through it in a linear way. This is an episode where I'm like, huh, maybe this is one of the few times where I'm like, maybe our linear structure wasn't the right approach. Maybe we should have held on to this episode for Valentine's Day. Oh, it is a sweet episode. It's a sweet it's, episode. And it's an episode that, I, although there's like a B story with, which fits into the overarching plot of the series. It's not an episode that advances the plot greatly. No, it's all character stuff. And it's it's kind of like, it's kind of, not pandering, pandering's not the right word, but it's a like a fan favorite episode. It's an episode that was yeah. clearly made because they realized people were like, into Rose and Bernard and let's tell their story. Well, I mean, there's been some heavy stuff this season. Um, it, particularly some dark character stuff. Like, we saw a really dark side of Sawyer. We saw a really dark side of Charlie. Um, all the stuff with the Tailies was incredibly dark. And even though we've had some kind of fun, lighthearted episodes here and there, even our episodes with Hurley, who is normally like a fun-loving character, had some kind of dark subject He was going to kill himself. Yeah, that's fucking messed up, man. Charlie, our other fun, quote-unquote, fun ki- character. Almost accidentally killed a baby. Like, things were rough. Things, yeah, things have been pretty rough. So, so even though there's some, like, emotionally hard-hitting stuff in this episode, um, particularly dealing with, like, what do you do when you know your time is up kind of stuff... Ultimately, this is a kind of feel-good, sweet episode. I don't know. I feel like this is. I, I yeah, it is because. Well, let's just let's just get to it. Well, I'll just say this: it's written by Stephen Medea and Leonard Dick, and directed by Eric Lanaville. And and, and um, because you talk about how sweet it is, 
I mean, we might as well just jump right into this flashback. Uh, real quick, though. For whatever reason, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, uh, for whatever reason... Somewhat real uh, Rosenbernard, the only characters I liked on the show. <laughs> so I seek out all media that discusses hey, just Rosenbernard. you joke, but you know when we cover The Constant, there are going to be people who don't bother with the rest of our podcast and just go straight to The Constant. Yes, I still assume those people will have watched the entire series of Lost, though. I assume so as well. <laughs> but... Anyway, if this happens to be your first episode of this podcast, we spoil everything about the series, so don't be surprised if we include discussions about how garbage the finale is. Or how amazingly wonderful and beautiful and triumphant the finale is. Uh, tomato, tomato. Uh, and uh, just as another housekeeping thing, I apologize, everybody. I'm getting over a cold, and so I still sound like death. So apologies, for to all of you guys if occasionally you hear me turning and dying off mic apologies in advance you got that mysterious disease that the infection that the people in the eye <laughs> will i'm gonna need you not to be funny stop don't you can't Your be funny this episode no 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 will okay. you can't make me laugh i'll be ve- i'll be dead serious this episode <laughs> If you make me laugh, I will die. So if I die, that's on you, man. So I'm going to need you to lock it up. Will, look me in the eye. Lock it up. I'll be very serious. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I didn't even... That was your serious face. my serious face. This is my serious tone of voice. It's a very funny serious face. So what I was going to say is that uh, when you said this is a very sweet episode... Yeah. Uh... It starts with it starts with a legitimately sweet like rom com meet cute in the flashback. It's such a cute meet cute, and it's a real it's a really good meet cute. Uh, and I'll be honest, I didn't realize that it was their meet. Have always functioned like an old married couple apparently since the moment they've met. Which also we come to realize isn't that long ago. No, in the grand scheme of things, they haven't been together all that long. But Rose is. Stuck in the snow, wheel the cars spinning, and Bernard comes over to, to give some driverly advice about how to get out of there. Probably unsolicited, if we're being oh, honest. completely unsolicited. And she's not listening to him anyway. No. She just keeps revving that. But she's not going to get out of it. She's not going to get out of there until the spring, the way well, things are going. Which is funny, because, like, this is, uh, th- again, this is really good writing, because this is their relationship in a nutshell. Yes. It's her being in a jam, but 100% being content with it, knowing that she can handle it. She's like, whatever. It's not It's not going to get to me. I'll call AAA. It's no big deal. Be it a car stuck in the snow, be it being stranded on an island, or being dying of cancer. Yeah. She's, she, she's, she's very content with whatever. I, it's a very much K-sera-sera. Yeah mentality which in a lot of you know it's funny because in bernard being the opposite he's the one who has to get in there and try to to fix this I thing i have to be proactive yeah. i have to take some sort of action i can't just let things be which is which is more how i am in life i think there's a time and a place for both approaches well that's what i was going to say the there when you look at them they are the two extremes of these things and neither are good like yeah I'm willing to believe that Rose, even if she didn't think the island had cured her, would be the same way. Yeah. Would be like, eh, well, you know, I'm just going to make a home here, we're here. Which would drive me, <laughs> which that's too that's too laid back about it. But also he's got to, and, and that's, really it's a microcosm of all relationships. There yeah. is, you have to. Put a little bit of yourself in there. You have to hold back a little bit. You have to let everybody... Like, everybody has to kind of find the balance of how you treat each other and respect yeah. who they are, but also don't try to force who you are onto them. Onto sometimes. other people. Yeah. And, like, ultimately, like, when I when I look at this conundrum, even just in this opening scene, I see that, like, together they have the potential to be the perfect relationship because together they kind of inhabit that that old adage, you know, give me the um, 
strength to change the things I can't accept and the serenity to accept the things I can't change. And that's what they are. Rose is the the acceptance side and Bernard is the I have to, you know, I can't accept this side. And together they they create that adage and I I think that's kind of sweet. They're it's a good example of yin and yang. And I know that this show likes to play around with yin and yang a lot. Um, and I think that out of all of the examples on this show, this is one of the times where it works really well. Well, and one one thing is that they were able to take these characters, who are minor characters in the grand scheme of things, and even though they make it all the way to the end of the series, but they are minor characters in the grand scheme of things, and they're able to establish them as a couple with the yin and yang from the start unlike some other characters who they kind of find that those pairings along the way yeah um well bernard does eventually help push her out of the snow and And lands face first in the snow for his trouble and um you know then there's that that old moment of "Mm, these two and i mean we know they're gonna get together but these two are like he's looking back she's looking at him and she's the you can tell she's debating do i do i like well come on like he did just fall face first into the snow i could buy him a cup of coffee and and that's what happens and the next time we see him things have moved fast because they are at niagara falls and he (laughs) is proposing marriage yeah at a fancy restaurant too he's not looking at the falls which I think is really yeah. cute. Uh, um, and and it's only been, they say at this point, it's only been five months. They've only been together five months. But you know what? I mean, this is an older couple. Yeah. And I think this is kind of commonplace with yeah. people who meet later in life. When you know, you know. Yeah. And like, normally, as, as somebody who's in their 30s, my mentality about relationships is like, date for at least a year before you get engaged but that's not the case for everybody well i'm in my 40s now and i'll tell you i'll get i'll get (laughs) married in a heartbeat (laughs) i have family who like they they were dating for like eight months and they just got engaged and things like that and i i've heard about also older couples who who meet up uh, for the first time in years, like people who grew up together, but like they they met again later in life, who got engaged in the span of three months. Like there is no right number for love. I was There's out. Not. I was at the bar a few weeks ago with a friend of mine, and she was like, "Let's just get engaged." And I said, "Yeah, let's do it." And uh, then it turned out she wasn't. A couple of days later. She- she wasn't that serious about it. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> so when's the wedding? Am I gonna? When am I getting my save the date? But um, the point is, I need to meet somebody. <laughs> That's the point. And we're in Los Angeles. It, <laughs> we're in Los Angeles. There's no snow for me to like have a snowy meet you uh, like Bernard. That makes Ro- you feel better. So do I. There you go. Cheers to that. So he proposes to its very romantic setting and so this scene can we just talk really quick i want to drill down on these violinists because bernard makes this beautiful speech and talks about how like he never thought he would find love but like here it is right in front of him and he's so happy and she completes him and she drops you know this horrifying truth bomb of i'm dying yeah they keep playing. At what point, if you are a violinist, at what point you go, oh, like, because I was kind of expecting the cue to be like, mm, like, <laughs> <laughs> that, you can't do that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Look, the violinists like this, true professionals, string quartets and stuff, they are trained to play through whatever is happening. They play ship sinking. Exactly. The Titanic <laughs> went down, they played. So they could easily play through. But like, do you also play yourself off? Like you keep playing, but you like back away to the to the other end of the restaurant. I think they got to stay there until until they're dismissed. Dismissed. And I'll tell you what. Afterwards, those guys when they got off at work that night, they were like, 
Jesus. <laughs> you guys want to go get a drink? Let's go get a drink. Yeah. So yeah, if there are any professional musicians out there, let us know at what point do you guys stop playing and peace out. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, all the the string quartet people who yeah. listen to this podcast, please let us know. I have to know at what point are you allowed to excuse yourself? <laughs> because that seemed awkward for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, but I do want to ask, like, what do you do if you're in Bernard's shoes? Like, um, because Rose very much gives him an out. She's like, hey, uh, marrying me is probably not a good idea. I'm dying. I'm in remission. It's not going away this time. You, uh, you know, you, you marry them. You suck it up. And uh, then you uh, regret until they die. Oh, <laughs> Like, I had an out. I had an out. <laughs> what did I tell you? Mr. Serious. I told I'm you, you gotta be serious. I didn't know. I, su- I didn't know. I'm telling jokes. <laughs> um, no, I'm with you. I, like, if I were in Bernard's shoes, same deal. Like, Oh, yeah, you got it. If, if you love the person. If I loved them enough to propose, then, like, yeah. Through sickness and in health, that's what that that's what that that's promise. What means. you're signing up for, and as Bernard says, when she's done, she says, "You didn't like like answer my question." Yeah, and she says yes. He's like, "I didn't hear a no." So of course, they decide to honeymoon in the outback. Now this one, I'm huh, I have mixed feelings on this because obviously his heart is in the right place. Yeah. Well, it seems like but they just... But he did lie about where they were going. It seems like maybe they're having a fun Australian event. She's like, you're lost. And he goes, I'm not lost because I've brought you out into the middle of the, the, the outback to go to a faith healer. And again, now, now I asked you to put yourself in Bernard's shoes. Put yourself in Rose's shoes. Bernard's wrong here. Yeah. You can't... Uh, drag someone halfway around the world to go to a, a, a faith here. Also, okay, maybe this is also just me, and I know this is a show based around faith, uh, something but that like, I, I love on a show, but lack in reality. Um, it, she's, she's clearly, like, Christian, but, like, not, like, the faith-healing, believing type of Christian. Although this guy is pretty good. Now, here's the thing. I want to... Who is recommending this guy to Bernard? Because he says this guy's legit. He comes highly recommended. From who, Bernard? From who? What are this guy's credentials? He's got a lot of good Yelp reviews. <laughs> I guess. Yes, but pre-Yelp. How, oh. do you, how do you pick your hate faith feelers pre-Yelp? I don't know. Oh, man. Does he have, like, a website portfolio? Because now, this would have been before, like, Squarespace and stuff. Now, this faith healer, Isaac, um... This isn't the last time we see him. Really? I wasn't sure. I don't remember him outside of this I episode. I am. Okay. Please now, see, tell this me. Is, this is where I just said something. <laughs> and as people who listen to this podcast know, I have chosen to go through this show. Like, I have, I used to know everything about Lost, then like 10 years passed. And I've forgotten a lot of things. And I'm choosing to kind of rediscover it. So occasionally I get things wrong. And, you know, look, who who cares? We discover it as we go along. And you could yell at me right now. But I am 99% sure that this man is the reason Mr. Echo finds himself in Australia as a priest. Seeing if this guy is pulling off actual miracles. I am Interesting. 99% sure that is correct. See, what I was hoping you were going to say was that he was going to do battle with the psychic who sent Claire on this uh, on this fool's yeah. errand to Los Angeles and that ended up making her crash on this island. So I want him and that psychic to do battle. Do a psychic battle. Yes. <laughs> like, like that episode of South Park. Where yeah. Eric Cartman fights the psychics. Yes. That I want that psychic battle between the two of them. But Rose, look, they're already there. And Bernard paid $10,000. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So she's like, uh, uh, I didn't ask for this. Yeah. 
But Bernard, but I also get the idea that Bernard can't do nothing. He yeah. just married this woman. He loves this woman, and he asks her to try. And it's and, it's weird because it's kind of like what Jack does. It's this I have to fix this mentality. I have to do something. Only instead of being self righteous to the point where he was like, "I will fix you, Rose." Like, no, Bernard's Bernard's not that arrogant. He doesn't have a god complex. No. He can't sit on his hands and do nothing. But he's also not like, I'm going to fix you. It's more like, I will find something to help. Yeah. And what he has found is this alleged miracle worker who, again, I'm not quite sure where this guy's credentials come from. But oddly enough, he kind of seems to be on the level. Well, one thing that you realize why he might be on the level. So she comes in. And he's starting to, like, you know, do his thing. Faith healer thing. Holding her hands or whatever. And he's like, oh. Well, first he explains that there are certain places in the world that have energy and this healing energy. And, and he's that, not healing her, but he's tapping into that yes. energy. And wherever they are here in the outback, uh, there is this kind of energy as i'm saying all this this reminds me so much of things that also happen on damon lindelof's other show the leftovers that spends a lot of time in its final season the outback but i digress <laughs> um he, he's tapping into that energy and look we know now the audience sitting here goes oh we know a place with energy that heals people the island yes it's and funny this is alluding to the an, fact that the island might be a place like that yeah. and to this show's credit, to its very limited credit, even though the execution in the final couple episodes leaves something to be desired in terms of like, oh, look, there's a big cork in this island just keeping all this light and stuff. Yeah, makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I can't tell if you're joking or not. I hate you so much. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, even though it's not executed as well as it could be in those final couple episodes, like, obviously there is energy that can be harnessed in the island. It would be cool. So it is, it is kind of planting this you know this episode very much is planting the seed of like and, and like tying into the idea that like there is something about this particular place there is this type of energy we don't know, quite know what it is that makes the island different than other places on earth and it's kind of interesting to think that there are other locations on earth like the island yeah. in my opinion that is more fascinating than just the one island being weird and the, well, the source but of I everything mean, okay well let's actually break this down because because like this is island, meta stuff this the island is might stuff. be the source of everything but there aren't okay do we believe isaac do we believe that isaac can heal people because we have testimonials we have that he seems like a good man I, I think if you had asked me in season one, or not season one, upon a first watch for season two, I would have been on the fence. Because, like, he might just believe his own bullshit. Like, he might not actually be able to, uh, to, he might not actually be able to heal people, but he might believe that he can. And when, when he thinks that he can't help her, that's why he chooses to give the money back. So he might be a good person that just believes his own bullshit. However having seen the series all the way through and knowing that there's literal fountains of light that exist within the island itself and how reminiscent that sounds of the way that Isaac is describing this place that he's currently inhabiting and using to quote-unquote heal people. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, I buy that. Yeah, I, I buy totally that. buy it. I totally buy it. And, you know, you're talk we're talking about how he seems he's pretty honest like he comes out and says oh i can't i this isn't the place for you i can't heal you this isn't the right energy to heal you take your money back and that's how you always know like honest like you know if you got a mechanic and they're like 
They're like, oh, it was just this one thing. No charge, something like that's the mechanic that's, I go to. That's the guy I'm going to go to. This is the faith healer you go to. He's an honest faith healer. And he's like, take the 10 grand back. To which Rose says, no. Which I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, no. Don't do that. What are you doing? You're both wrong. And this is what you were talking about, how like they're both the opposite extremes and they're both wrong in the way that they go about things. He was wrong to lie to her and she's wrong to lie to him in this moment. Well, she, yeah. She's and also to, to not get his money back. She's trying to, with that 10 grand now, just buy his, like Bernard's faith. Like, the, yeah. like she's like, I'm going to die, but if he believes that I'll be fine, then we could... Like, we can I, actually enjoy the time that we have left together. I get what she is doing, but 10K. Yeah. That's a chunk of change. Also, deceit. <laughs> but 10K. Like, <laughs> the best relationships are formed on good communication and compromise. And this is neither of those things. So we've pretty much established that their relationship really isn't good. And they got into this too fast. <laughs> And they're not right for each other. No, 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 no. they're great. They're the they're best. They're great. They're wonderful now. together. Um, they, this was just the wrong move, and ultimately, they both apologized to each other. Well, for they it. made, they each made wrong moves with each other, and then when they are on the island, they kind of come together, which we'll get to when we get to the island yeah. stuff. But just to kind of put a cap on this, she tells him that she was fixed, and then we have one little scene. We have a button. Yeah, a button on the flashback. Uh, which comes into play on the island stuff where she sees uh, uh, where she drops some pills and a man in a wheelchair wheels by and picks him up, hands him to her. They have a moment. And of course, that man in the wheelchair John is... Locke. Which means that there was one person on this plane who knew his secret the whole time. Yes. Which I think is pretty, pretty fascinating. That this person had a secret of their own, kind of. Yeah, and, like, the the fact that Rose kept it to herself. That, like, the this is the first... Like, this episode is the first time we hear for sure that she knew. She remembered. Because, like, I could totally understand, like, you know, observing that and then, like, completely forgetting about it in the wake of the crash. Because you have other things going on. Um, but, yeah, it... It, it says a lot about Rose that she just kept that information to herself because she knows that John Locke is the type of person that doesn't want people feeling sorry for him. And she can probably really understand that sentiment too because she doesn't tell people that she was sick because when you tell people, oh yeah, I had cancer, like they're gonna, like all of a sudden that changes the way they interact with you a little bit. Yeah. So now to the island. Rose is, uh, you know, unpacking the groceries, the Dharma groceries in the little makeshift kitchen. And she is, as we said, she's very content with her situation. And Bernard is not. And again, type A person versus type B person. But I got to admit, if I were Bernard, I'd be getting annoyed too. Because no. everyone is really content to be like, well, I guess we're just here. Like, it is a little. I mean, they did. Someone did, <laughs> does point out that they built a raft. <laughs> Like, they, like a raft <laughs> and it was, exploded. Yeah. So. But, but they are really like, well, I'm here now. It's just I'm just here now. Like what? <laughs> like it's a little crazy. Like they don't know about the barrier yet. Like they don't know that that's a thing. Yeah. So Bernard's very frustrated. He's like, they've given up. Like these people have given up. So he hatches a plan. He uh, gets Hurley and he's like, get a bunch of folks together. They get a bunch of He's like, get everybody, get Frogert. <laughs> oh, man. Frogert, who will die a horrible death in season five. Yes, he will. Um, it's the funniest death since, um, oh, Ernst. Ernst. Ernst, yeah. Yeah, oh, man. Um, Second funniest death in the series. And he's like, what are we doing about getting home? Clearly. Someone dropped this food. A, pl a plane must have came by. Something happened to drop this food. He goes, we're going to make a sign. Yeah. Do we ever find out what plane dropped this or? um, We find out that. Or is it irrelevant? Well, it's fairly irrelevant, but I do know the answer. Is it Whitmore? 
It's um, it's a Dharma initiative. It's people from the Dharma initiative from the mainland who don't realize think what's going on in the island. And wow. they're just continuing their jobs. This is in the supplemental material on the DVD box set. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just a bunch of yahoos, much like in the hatch, who are just... Nobody's told us to stop doing our it's job. It's my nine to five. You yeah, know, I'm do, still cashing I'm, I'm that gonna, paycheck. I'm going to keep pressing this button. <laughs> So uh, we're gonna have to do like when we when we get to the the series finale, you know, several million years from now. When we get to the series finale, I don't know if that should be our last episode or if we should do like an epilogue episode where we talk about the supplemental material and that short film and things like that. It to, might be like, better wrap up the loose because, ends well, you know what? We'll get to it when we get to <laughs> we'll it. We'll get to it when we get to it. But it might give me more peace of mind. It might make me feel better about the finale. I'm fine with this. Um, <laughs> uh, so he wants to make a sign. A really big sign. Uh, that it's going to, you I'll know. I'll sign an SOS to the world. I'll send oh, yeah. <laughs> message in a bottle. And we've had messages in a bottle. This whole show is based off police songs. <laughs> um, so anyway, he's got this plan. And he's going to make this gigantic sign. And there are these like black rocks that we got to carry like half a mile or whatever. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Or just oof. <laughs> uh, to... to start doing this and he's got a group of people together and he's like let's do this now i will say again i think this is a great idea his problem is that he's rushing it like if they could do this at a leisurely pace so that people don't get like immediately fed up with his bullshit yeah, but uh, in fairness they've already to him, been here for two months yeah in fairness to him they should be like no uh, like they are Okay, he's a terrible boss, as they talk about yeah. later. But they should be a little more like, oh, yeah, no, we should be trying to get off of this. Line. Because what are they doing instead? They're going eating Dharma cereal. Dharma Lucky Charms oh, back yeah, at that no, tent. You can't have those off-brand Dharma Oreos. you got to get the good stuff. Yeah, well, we saw what happens with the off-brand. Yeah, when you can't Sawyer even can't twist them apart. Them Sawyer doesn't know how to eat an Oreo. That is the most unbelievable thing that has happened in this series to it's date. It's also the only thing that makes me dislike Sawyer. <laughs> it's like, I thought you were smart, you're dumb. <laughs> Um, You're like, aren't you supposed to be like a master manipulator and you can't tear apart an Oreo? Oh, you you madman. So this is his plan. And he's going around to everybody. He's got Hurley bringing in people. Rose says she probably asked Jack. Oh. Which is also, by the way, though, fuck you, Rose, for like also putting so much of your like faith into Jack. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> No, like, well, obviously... <laughs> this is just my Jack issues coming no, out. No, I don't think it's so much that she has faith in Jack so much as she's just trying to... This is not about, like, Jack or about, like, who should actually be in charge on the island. This is all about her not wanting Bernard to be doing what he's doing. And it's less that he has to do something in this moment and more that she's legitimately scared about what leaving this island That's could true. mean. That's true. Now, granted, so that comes from a place of fear and concern, but I agree with you. I think it's kind of a dick move. Yeah. Because, yeah, I'm with Bernard through about probably 90% of what he does in this episode, <laughs> with the exception of not telling her about, you know, why they're actually in the outback. And with, like, something that he says... When things like escalate, with the exception of those two things, I am with Bernard wholeheartedly in yeah. this episode. Yeah, and and like he's absolutely right. He's like Jack's not the president, and he's hardly ever here. Jack and, has been in the hatch all friggin' season. And why would Jack like? It's not like he's asking to do something radical or crazy. He just wants no. to build a large sign on the no, beach. No, it's not like they straight up decided to. I don't know, have another search party for Michael and that they're doing that without telling Jack. Uh, like, 
that's a thing that I think, yeah, maybe run by the dock. Uh, but no, like, that's not it. They're literally just drawing on the beach there is, and moving rocks. There is only positive that could come from what Bernard is doing. Is proposing, it, yeah. yeah. And also, Rose is kind of being a little selfish. Granted, no, I wouldn't want to leave either if my life depended yeah, on she it. She don't have to leave. The rescue plane comes or boat. She goes, sits in the jungle, waits for everyone else to leave. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you go, I stay. <laughs> Like that's it's it's that simple. It's that I simple. I mean, things don't work out in the end for most of these people on this island. Yeah, she's basically by by thwarting this uh, this SOS message, she is inadvertently condemning a lot of these people to death. But no one's helping. He goes to Echo, and Echo and Charlie are busy building a church. I understand which... why Echo doesn't necessarily want to go back. He's like, if I go back, I'm a wanted man. So. But this exasperates Bernard even more. Like, you're building a church? Like, we're really setting up a society here now. They've only been there for two months. Yeah. Only been there for two months. I was thinking at this point it had been three months. Maybe, like, so probably two and a half at this point. But, yeah, they've only been there for two months, and they were like, well, time to build a society. They have they really have given up. They really it have. It is kind of infuriating. I'd be going crazy. And no one's excited. But, you know, some people are helping him. But Bernard, he's not a good, he's not good at uh, managing people. He's not a good, like, and I've had bosses like that, that they were good with, like, ideas and technical stuff but they weren't well, good with people and he is he's pretty horrible he's yelling every he's yelling at Jin. yeah like oh you gotta build a three i said three across three across and Jin's at that point the only one who's sticking with him yeah and like because also Jin also wants to get his wife and unborn child off of this island um but yeah here's the thing Bernard had an opportunity when Rose undermined like his leadership ability. He had an he like there was an opportunity there to be to like actually prove that like he could manage a group of people in this initiative. And instead he got all huffy about it and that didn't do him any favors and so that doesn't win him any support. And so yeah, he had an opportunity and he he squandered it. Now while all this is going on, I'm going to do a brief sidetrack. Because this is it. when two stories kind of hook up. Locke is being his, his pouty Locke self right oh now. Oh, my God. He's in Locke the in this episode, man. He's in the hatch. He's, draw, he's trying to draw the map that he saw on the blast door. Uh, and because of that, maybe in a desire to see what happens, to see if Ben was telling the truth about not pushing the button. He gets dangerously close to not pushing that button. In fact, Jack even is like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get that? Because even though Jack doesn't believe in this, uh hey, uh buddy, um maybe maybe press the button. So Locke is just he's he's down in the dumps. And he wants to at a certain point after Jack and Kate have all left on their little adventure, which we'll cover. We'll in get the to, pizza. yeah. But he, he's very, he's very down in in the dumps, and he wants to talk to Ben. He needs to talk to Ben. But Anna's like, I'm not letting you in there. Good move, Anna. You Good know. move. Uh, 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 this, this was such a great moment. This was such a good moment. Well, she's like, you talk to him through the door. So which I don't know what she's working on on the floor there. She's just wrenching something. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Gotta I don't know, Michelle. all the bolts in the hatch. <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez needs something to do with her hands in this scene. Give her, give her a wrench. And Locke just keeps asking about the button. He pushed that button. And this, this is where you fucked up, Locke, because you've proven to Ben that he's gotten into your head, man. Like, you're giving him exactly what he wants, man. And even though this is, like, such a failure moment for John Locke, we cut to the inside of that that Henry's prison, basically. The smile that, that evil, Michael... Yeah. Evil Ben Linus smile. That smile is downright chilling. I watched this episode twice. First time I watched it, I was just like, oh, my God. Like... 
it is remarkable how much Michael Emerson exudes in this character with so little. Look, there's a reason why Michael Emerson and Tara Quinn are the two actors to win Emmys from this series. What uh, season? Do you remember what season he won the Emmy for? I, I don't Terry O'Quinn? Uh, both of them. I believe Terry O'Quinn was the <laughs> first season. That and, makes sense. And Michael Emerson... I can't remember whether it was the fourth or fifth, but I feel like... I want to say it was the fifth because I feel like he should have won it for the fourth and then he won it for the fifth. Like, I really should. Like I really would have to. They didn't give it to him for the year that but he may, should maybe, have won it. Maybe it was the fourth season because that was a really great season for him. I don't know. The later seasons run together for me, so I'm, I can never keep I'm track. I'm blanking which one he won the Emmy for, and uh, I'll figure it out. That's okay. We'll know next week. <laughs> the um, But then Locke goes, he's on the beach, sulking on the beach. Which he must have been in a real sulky mood because I don't imagine that that's an easy trail on crutches. But no, it can't be. Hopping so he was very de- he was very determined. And Rose shows up and is like, oh, you're in my spot. <laughs> and they sit down and they're talking. And this is when Rose mm. kind of lets him know, like, you know, but you know this island. You know why. Like, because she says, what's up? But she goes, you know how special the song you know what's up you know what's up like and realize you and i we know what's up yeah that they were both healed because of the silent um because what she what he says is like jack says like it's gonna take several several weeks before i can walk again um before i can walk normally again she's like "Eh, you know it's not gonna take that long yeah so this conversation he has with rose Seems to put John in a better mood. Uh, to put a little bit of a button on his story before we get back to Rose and Bernard, he, I guess, hobbles back over to the uh, the hatch. <laughs> He's in the hatch. Anna Lucia's like, "Hey, I, I pushed you. I pushed your button." To which he says, "It's not my button." Uh, kind of is, yeah. man. And then a lot clearly feeling better. He's back to drawing the maps, but with more of a uh, 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 Concrete, a clear head. Yeah. And he's got, like, kind of a smile on his face. Like, now it's more like the joy. It's the joy and the magic of the island again. It's like, you know, now it's like, oh, it's a mystery for me to unlock. Yeah, it's it's like the it's like the, the first time he discovered the hatch, like, yeah. all over he's again. Yeah, he's been reminded. Rose has reminded him of, of this. <sighs> so now. Which I bet, like, as he's, like, doodling, he's like, hey, Henry, you suck! <laughs> Nice try, motherfucker! So now it's time for Rose to confess to Bernard. Yep. And she tells him, like, Isaac didn't heal me. And he's like, yes, he did! He goes, no, because faith healers aren't real, dummy. (laughs) Um, Except in this show, they might be. Yeah, they might be. And Rose didn't say that, in case you're thinking, did she say that? No, I said She also didn't say, like, he tried to give the money back and I told him no. She left that part of the story out. She very much left that out of the, the narrative. She he he didn't heal her, but she is healed. And she says after the crash, like being on the song, I could feel it. I could feel inside me that I was healed. And like you have to trust me. And she's like, I need to stay here. I want to stay here. I'm healed here. If I leave, it'll come back. Yeah. And then Bernard, because he loves her, he's like, we won't ever leave, Rose. He's like, if you can't leave, I can't leave. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to stay on that island with her forever. And spoiler alert, that's exactly what happened. They got old on the island together. You know, there were a lot of theories at one point. That the the couple, especially when like time travel stuff yes. started coming up. That the couple in the cave was actually them, yeah, right? Because they were living alone on the island. Because when we see them at, you know, we see them at various times later in the series, like, uh, and it was, it's usually like, uh, the they and they're they're like with Vincent, and they're like, uh, like, like there people, go those crazy kids with their uh, adventures. They're again. gonna set off a nuclear weapon on the island. Yep. It's always it's, something with you kids. 
Well, have fun. Be careful out there. Yeah. Let us know if you want to join us for dinner. Maybe. Okay, no, no. You guys, you kids do your thing. I actually really love that theory. Like, Yeah, it's a good theory. Like part, part of the reason why I don't care for the time travel stuff in this show isn't because I dislike time travel stories. I really like time travel stories. I just don't like the way they made time travel work in this show. Like, I, eh, I don't know. That's just but, me. That's just me. The, so, like, in my mind, I'm like, if they had done that, like, that would have been fucking cool, man. That would have been some cool time travel shit. So, uh... And it would have been better than, like, who those people actually ended well, up being. You know, the, I, well, we'll get there in a few years. Yeah, one day. Um, so, so the episode ends uh, with a montage of everyone... Being pretty content. Yeah. Uh, Rosa it's really not, cute. Everybody said nice. The only person who's kind of not content is Sawyer. Sawyer's alone. Yeah, because uh, he got left out of this particular adventure. And he's just like sulking because he's like, I wanted to go on an adventure with Kate. But no, I guess I'm good. Oh, hey, Vincent. Hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I kind of had to concur with Sawyer. He should have gone on this adventure. Yeah. He should have gone on this adventure. And I'm going to be angry about it. So I'm with Sawyer. I'm like sulking. Yeah, Sawyer should have gone. So that brings us to our B story. Uh, which is a little more central to the ongoing <sighs> plot. As the B stories are a lot often early in the series. Well, cause like, because like a, a lot of the times they're, they're taking the time to set up very important emotional character yeah. stuff. So even if it doesn't tie into Island Magic or the others or the Dharma Initiative, like it's important to set up who these people are while kind of the meta stuff's going on in the background. By the way, once we're done with all these flashbacks, I'm worried about the structure of this podcast. <laughs> but that's a story for another day. So You're uh, killing me, man. Um so <laughs> I might not survive that. I'm long. not even trying to be extra funny. I swear to God, I'm not. It's just it comes out. <laughs> okay. So Ben, you know, he's on like a hunger strike. He's not eating. He's just. Uh, and Jack goes in to to uh, change uh, the dressings on his his wounds, and Jack <sighs> says something that, quite frankly, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We're gonna trade you for Walt. To which Ben says, they'll never give you Walt. Because Walt is the most important <laughs> character in the history of this program. Oh my god. I'm so angry. I'm so mad. This show. This show is so infuriating. The Walt stuff is infuriating. But as I've said before in the past, I, oh, I, I forgive them for it because anytime there's... Extenuating I, circumstances. I forgive them for season one. I forgive them for putting him on a raft and getting him off the show. I forgive them for that. What I don't forgive them for is continuing to put emphasis on a character that's because never coming Because at this back. point, they knew that this kid's getting too big. Yeah. And it's, a, it's, the, that the only way they could bring him back was with a time skip. And they never bother. Well, and then later he does. I mean, he's in future episodes. But he doesn't matter. He comes as a vision to Locke. And then Locke's like, I saw Walt. He was big. <laughs> and you then, told me this. And then Sawyer goes like a giant. <laughs> Which would have been great. <laughs> Which I love. I kind of love that one. But um, like, I mean... He does come back very, very briefly. Like, I would have been totally okay if they did, like, a legit couple-year time skip like they do, and then they brought him back into the show proper. Like, that would have been fine. I would have been okay probably, with that. that writer's room probably moved on from him, and they had other things they wanted to do. I get it. But they Shows linger are... on it for so long here and in But then again, three. okay, but then here's the thing. Walt's kidnapped. <laughs> Walt disappears. How do you not linger on it to a point here? Like, how do you not... Kill him. Be like, Walt, like, like we just got word. Walt is dead. Uh, Walt died off camera. It's like the equivalent <laughs> Walt of... Walt died on the way, way home to his own planet. planet. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want to do. You want to poochie him. <laughs> um, but anyway, 
Jack's like, we're going to go to that line in the jungle and we're going to tell him we're going to make this trade. And Jack goes, invites Kate to come along, but not Sawyer. Wah, wah. I, (laughs) this episode, like this particular plot line set me up. I was so excited for it and it, it disappointed me. It disappointed me so severely because my big complaint about the hunting party was that Kate became a damsel in distress. And even though that's a great episode, I hated what they did with Kate. It drove me crazy. It made me, it like straight up infuriated me that Jack's misogyny was inadvertently proven to be correct. Well, Jack and, says something equally dickish. Well, that's, that's the thing in here. This episode. Is like, I thought that the show was going to make up for that. That they were like, yeah, we know we robbed you of a cool Kate episode. So instead, here, Jack and Kate are going to go and they're going to, like, he's doing what he should have done from the beginning for the hunting party and ask the actual tracker to, like, come and help him find shit, which is what he should have done for the hunting party, but he was too up his own ass um, and, like, too busy being a pouty boy uh, who's mad about the fact that she kissed him. And that he doesn't know what to do about that feeling. Like, he was basically being a baby when he didn't ask her to come with. And, like, I... So I'm thinking, like, oh, the show's making up for that. Yeah, they're going to go out on this mission and, like, it's going to be awesome. And then it proceeded to not be awesome. It was like the show had to balance out how cute and sweet and sincere all of the Bernard and Rose stuff in this episode was. And instead had to, like balance that out by having Jack and Kate snipe at each other. Well, I mean, look, Jack says this thing when she's like basically, hey, thanks for letting me come along. And he's like, well, I only asked you to come along because we know they don't want you. He said, I asked Saeed first. That's right. I asked Saeed first and she's like, oh, and also they don't want you, Kate. And she, when she says, girls are Stupid. They're, they got cooties. Yeah. And when she says, you know, damaged goods, he doesn't refute her. Well, look, here's the thing. You you say that the show disappoints you, but it's really Jack that disappoints you. No, no, and no. And I would argue that this is all very true to Jack's character. This, uh, no, no, no. I, I'm disappointed because I am disappointed in Jack. Okay. I Because... It makes me go, what, it's, this is another episode where I'm like, why did I ever like Jack? What? Why did I root for these two as a couple? I don't know. Like, I, the only. I, that's, I mean, I, I love where Jack ends up in this series, and he's a character that I have very conflicted feelings about, because there are things about Jack I love, and I think he's an important character, obviously. But um, Jack was never close to my favorite. He was always one of, like, I... Uh, he was, but I mean that's part of the journey of the show. Yeah. He's this flawed character who has to have this come to Jesus or come to Jacob. <laughs> um, no, and that's the thing is like I don't remember Jack ever being this much of a dick upon an initial viewing, and I don't know if that's because again I just loved him so much from the pilot and how how that carried over, or if it was just young like me being young and kind of being blind to a lot of the things when like as an adult you're like oh no that's toxic like yeah and like maybe because i was younger him being like oh i don't wanna i don't wanna hang out with you kate just seemed like a more genuine thing to do because that's a very immature way to go about talking to women so maybe it didn't sound as childish to me because i was young at the time i don't know but yeah, this this was frustrating because I was rooting for them to be awesome together and they spend the entire episode sniping at each other. And yeah, this is 100% on Jack, but I will say it's a little bit on the writers too because Kate falls for an obvious trap. Kate's better than that. Oh yeah, that is weird. That, that was weird she, to me. She's like, oh, look at this doll. Like what? And then she was captured by the others before. She's smart. She's a tracker. She knows a trap when she sees one. And then they get look. I mean, this is you're right. This is a bad character moment. This isn't true to her character, and it's clearly what the writers, Medea and Dick, wanted to do. 
is get these characters in close quarters for some 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 romantic tension yeah where it's this sexual tension but like they're not in a situation where like where it's cute and fun and i feel like having sawyer there in addition to like i feel like having sawyer there would have made this more entertaining instead of taxing well see here's the thing once they're in the like i don't mind any of the banter while they're in the trap while they're in the net strung up there because some of it is fun and they argue about like who's the better shot who's gonna take the shot who's got the better angle and he's like like, yeah you're just saying that so like when like so that you know you don't look stupid when i miss and i i find it like like i said kind of annoying i it's not bad writing per se but like they it's contrived how they it end is. up in the situation. It's very contrived how they end up in the situation. And Jack think... perpetually talking down to her is my patience for it wears thin very very quickly. So for me, it's not fun watching them. As I this don't goes think down. I don't think the show thinks Jack is in the right though. No, no. At, like the only way that like the show doesn't help in this regard is again is the making contrivances. It, is the contrivances to, um, to put them in this situation. But yeah, he's he's clearly not look, in the right for treating her the way he does. And Jack makes the shot. Eh. And hey, see, see, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I wanted I wanted Kate to make the shot. Yeah. And then uh, they continue going through the jungle, but then Kate starts to tell Jack some things. Yes. Yeah. Kate's been keeping some stuff too. Not like on purpose. He just hasn't been around. Yeah. And when like they have been around, and, it's because he's yelling at Henry. And hey, he's kept shit from her. Plenty. So she's like, oh yeah, we found another like hatch and there was uh, we saw- The baby got sick. Claire and I went on an- I went on an adventure with your little sister. Had way more fun. She's more fun than you. We found costumes. <laughs> it was a we grand time. Up. We get to go hang out with Rousseau. Yeah. What? We have hobbies, Jack. We have live we have lives outside of you. And Jack is a little annoyed, like, oh, when are you gonna tell me? And she's like, Well, you know, yeah, you're not around. And you're not telling me shit. Yeah. He's been pushing her away. Why what would she happened, tell him anything? What happened, Jack, to live together, die alone? Tell me everything. Yeah. Um, So they get to that line. And Jack's yelling. He's like... I, I, that's not what he yells. He's like, I'm right here. like, yeah. And I'm going to be here until, until you face me or something like that. Up until he finally sounds like I sound right now. His voice is completely hoarse and, and just completely uh, ple- completely gone. And we get to the... the now they're there. <laughs> it's night. Night has fallen. And uh, she's like... Uh, what are, he's like, well, when I get my voice back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yell some more, and then they have a little bit of a conversation. She says, uh, "Sorry, I kissed you," and he's like, "I'm not." Uh, yes, you are. You and we talked a little bit about this uh, off mic. He's clearly sorry that she kissed him because he's been acting like a dick ever since. Yeah. So sorry, Jack. That would have been a cute line if you hadn't been such a dick this entire episode, but it falls completely flat because you guys have no chemistry in this episode, and you just... The situation was contrived, and you're a jerk. But then they hear something. Oh, are the that? others finally here? Are they coming? Oh my gosh. And here's a figure What's runs happening? through runs through the clearing, and it's collapsed. And who is it? Bum, bum, bum. It's Michael. Sir not appearing in this show. Long time no see. Half dead, as everybody always is. Everybody's <laughs> always coming back to them half dead. So dehydrated. So de- You gotta go out with a water bottle, man. So. Water bottle, power bar, you know, a hat for shade, all that stuff. So it, it ends on a pretty good, like, oh, Michael's back. It's a, it's a good cliffhanger. I'm gonna be honest, kind of forgot about him for a while. The show certainly did. Well... He has a big role to play still. Yep, 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 yep. So, we're, we're gearing up for the end of the season, and some shit is gonna go down. So, uh, this is SOS. Um, Message in a bottle. See, I've got the Amba song in my head now. 
Oh, how does that one go? Uh, b- 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 they hear it me, wasn't darling. in Mamma Mia, so Let I don't remember how it goes. Let me hear your SOS when you're gone. How am I? <laughs> Something go on. I don't know. I, I know the tune. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because it was also used in all the previews for <laughs> season three of the other Damon Lindelof show, The Leftovers. Was it? Yeah. Oh, maybe he's an ABBA fan. I don't Let know. Let me tell you what. Uh, leftovers. Uh, best television show of the last decade. I was going to say, is that what we should do when we wrap up with this show is watch The Leftovers? Because I've never seen it. I mean, it's going to be a few years from now, but yes. Like, I'll I'll stay unspoiled through uh, until we until we get to start The Leftovers. Honestly, yes. Okay. Um, but and then we'll do Watchmen. Then we'll do Watchmen. <laughs> we'll finish that. Uh, which is also great. So let's um, let, <laughs> turn it into a Damon Lindelof podcast. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what, what it is, right? So, uh, Megan, who is your man in black of this episode? You know what? I, like, again, it's not a poorly done episode. It's... Like a lot of the episodes I have mixed feelings about this season, it's remarkably competent, it is entertaining, and it's remarkably sweet and sincere when it wants to be. But I'm going to give it to the contrived Kate walking over and picking up the doll. Like, don't get me wrong, Evangeline Lily's absolutely adorable when she goes, sorry, like, that was really cute. It just wasn't a moment. It wasn't a Kate moment. It doesn't... It should have been a different It doesn't character. work in something that's established for the character. Um, quite frankly, uh, I, I, I was probably going to go with that, too, because as we were talking, admittedly, I didn't have one going into this, and as we were talking about it, I'm like, yeah, that is annoying. But you, can, you can pick that. No, 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 no. I'll say that... Um, we were talking about the Jack behavior in this episode, and I'll say, Rose, you shouldn't be throwing, <laughs> you shouldn't be saying, like, let's ask Jack. Your Rose is one of the reasons someone like Jack's got such a big head, feeds into that ego. Because she, she feeds him into his delusions of grandeur and self-righteousness. Or I, Rose, 10K, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I, I am another potential candidate for Man in Black, uh, which is normally what I say for Man in White, but another potential candidate because I really, I thought it crossed a line, Bernard saying, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be here. And like, because uh, like, at, you know, they start arguing and it, at one point he's like, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be here. And like, that's such a shitty thing to say to someone. And granted, it has a meaning that he doesn't, I will say it's a good line. It's a very good line because it has multiple meanings that he's unaware of. Yeah. Because it's like, if he hadn't brought her to the Outback, they wouldn't have gotten on that plane and they ended up on the island. And ultimately, the island is what healed her. So in a weird roundabout way, he's right. But he's like, he's right in a way where he doesn't understand why he's yeah. right. And so it's a really good line. Shitty thing to say. Um, what's your Jacob? That's a great question. Um, because again, there's so much of this episode that's sweet and sincere. I I almost want to like kind of give it to Michael Emerson Emerson's creepy ass smile because it's downright the the most effective thing in this episode. I'll probably give it to that, but honestly, just the entire A plot is just A plus plus for me. I'm gonna go with you know we were kind of slagging on the writers to having some contrivances in here, but I think they took a contrivance that's in every romantic comedy, the meet cute, and I think they gave us a good meet cute. It was in this. so good. So I want to give them extra credit for that. It was a it was a I almost very picked the meet cute. Good meet cute. It's a great meet cute. Yeah. That's why I was quick to be like, yeah, go with that Emerson <laughs> smile. And that I figured you were gonna pick the meet cute, so I I was okay going with the Emerson smile. But I will say that like, and we talked about it at the top of the show. That meet cute, it's perfect. Not only because it's a good meet cute. Big, but it does what I think probably more rom-com meet cutes should be should do, and that's embody the character's relationship. Yes, 
Um, because that interaction is their the, relationship every, defined. Everything that carries over for the rest of this episode and the rest that you see them, it's all right It's there. in that moment. They couldn't say they didn't know the people they were meeting. Yeah, and in the in most like cute rom-com meet cutes it's like oh they run into each other or like um They're, like a, a heel breaks and, yeah, and, and, and she falls into his arms <laughs> or like uh someone's dog like gets off the leash and they they run yeah. in yeah and they have to run and go get the or dog or that they each have dogs and the dog's leashes get all tangled up now that meet cute is perfect <laughs> let's we're talking about 101 Dalmatians, that meat cute is perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> For completely different reasons than the Bernard Rose yes. meat cute is perfect, but it's that's a perfect Disney meat cute. <laughs> so, Megan, where can the people find you? Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I also have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams, where uh, my co-host and I talk about horror things. Uh, we don't really talk about romance a whole lot on that particular channel. It's mostly the scary stuff. Um, but we also are uh, members of Rooster Team Radio, where we talk about rooster teeth-related properties. Me and my three other co-hosts. Um, and right now we are talking about this volume of Ruby on our show, Ruby Redux. So uh, we upload weekly. Definitely take a gander at that if you are a fan of Ruby. And this season is really, really good, guys. Uh, if you like Ruby but you fell off a couple seasons ago, get caught up and then listen to our show because it's great. You can follow me on Twitter at... The Real Will Link. And uh, pick up my novel, Crazy About Kurt. You get Do it. You get through Amazon. Makes a great stocking stuffer. Yes, it does. Um, so, until next time, see you in another life, brother. Hey there, everybody. I'm Will Link of No Love Lost. With me as always... Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we're here to talk to you about the podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Uh, yeah, the podcast Jukebox network has been super supportive of us as we venture back to the island. Uh, and so we just wanted to take a minute to thank uh, them and to let you guys know that you guys should be supporting the other podcasts put on by this fantastic network. If you are enjoying No Love Lost, definitely give a listen to many of the other podcasts, far, many of which are far less vanilla than we are. <laughs> uh, 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 Off the Cuffs, which is kind of the flagship show of the network. It is the BDSM kink podcast that kind of launched this whole network uh, off. You've got the Goth Librarian podcast. You have Being There podcast, a great storytelling podcast. You have The Queers Next Door, also on the network. Uh, Proud to be Kinky. Uh, Drinks with God. And a little podcast that's close to my heart, Megan. What is that one called? Will Sean podcast? Yeah. Will hmm. he? Oh, no. Spoiler alert. Uh, not as frequently as usual. <laughs> but you should definitely subscribe to all these shows, rate them, listen to them on iTunes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, these are all fantastic storytellers. It's so important to be sex positive. So go support these other podcasts. And uh, yeah, if you like us, you might like them. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. We're on the same network. <laughs> so yes, Rate and subscribe to all these terrific shows. And don't forget to rate them all five stars. And also rate us five stars. Yeah, while you're at it, you listen to us, might as well give us a rating. <laughs> you're already there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>